Hey, elementary and middle school folks, you guys can be dismissed this morning. Hey, my name is, is Bob Miller. If you haven't met me, I'm the pastor here at Wellspring. Um, I'm actually going to be um, taking uh, some cross-country kids from Central High School that I coach to a camp this week, and I'm going to be speaking tomorrow night at that camp. And so uh, this week, uh, Phil Zwerink, who is the director of Young Life and comes here to our church, is going to be speaking this morning. And uh, so we're excited to hear from him as we continue in this prayer series. So give it up for Phil. It's funny, um, I was talking with Rob Willoughby last night who works here at the church and he, uh, he was asking me if I was nervous about sharing and, um, and we got off a little bit about talking about what would take me out of, I said, I, I'm not overly nervous. And he goes, what would take you out of your game, you know, just to get you off course? And I said, if everybody booed, that would be bad. That would take me off my game. So I'm, I, I'm encouraging you guys not to boo. Um, that, that would be great. Um, I do want to ask you guys a question this morning. What does your relationship with Jesus look like right now? If you had to compare it to a, a, a relationship that you have um, right now with somebody, how would you compare it? Um, I want you to think about that for a second while I'm, while I'm continuing to talk here. Um, is it like a friend? Is it like a stranger? Is it like maybe just an acquaintance? Is it like uh, maybe the relationship that you have with your spouse or with... A child, how does your relationship compare to a real world relationship? You guys got that? Here's what I would love for you to do is look to the person either your left or your right, and I would like for you to just tell them I would compare my relationship to Jesus this morning with this person. Just tell them and no no explanation necessary, but take three seconds, look at the person next to you, say, I would compare my relationship to Jesus like this. Go. There should be talking right now. You should, no explanation necessary. If one person has just been talking, let the other person share, switch. Okay. You know, I think God gives us real world relationships to help us to help us remember how our relationship with, his, with him is. And I want to tell you, this morning, I would compare my relationship to Jesus like I would compare my relationship to a college roommate. And you might be thinking, uh, that some of you in here are going, ooh, that, what? that brings back interesting memories. Um, other folks in here like, I've never had a college roommate. I don't know what that looks like. Um, and some of you guys may be envisioning what that relationship looks like. Uh, for me, when I think about a college roommate, I think about the guy who I stay awake with late at night playing video games. Um, that's the guy who we're going to go play pranks on other people with um, and wander around and do crazy stuff. But I, this, is the, this is the college roommate that I would compare my relationship to this morning. It's the guy that I got in the refrigerator last night and drank all of his milk and didn't tell him. It's the guy that I wore some of his clothes and didn't ask him. Or it's the guy who I'm living with and his girlfriend called to pick him up from the airport and I forgot to give him the message. I'm avoiding. 
I see that person across the room. We're living in the same space. We're being together. And every time we go to make eye contact, I'm like, I want to look away. I want to kind of avoid. And the reality of it is when Bob asked me to share this morning at, this was a couple of months ago, he asked me to share and I said, yes, I'd love to. And the reality of it is for me to do this, I need to be honest with you guys that I've been avoiding Jesus. And I've been trying to dodge a bit. And this particular time for me this morning has caused me to genuinely sit with Jesus and go, uh, I drank the milk. Hey, I forgot to give you the message. You know what? I wore your clothes. I didn't ask. I'm sorry. It's caused me to have genuine, honest conversation with Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. But it also means that I need to come and admit before you that my relationship with Jesus sometimes is a little stagnant. I'm sharing the same space. Um, We've been talking about in our church these prayers that Paul has put forth. And he put into letters and wrote and sent them sent them out to different churches. Um, and there are two prayers that we are going to be looking at this morning. Um, one is to a church in Ephesus, um, and, and it's at the very end of the book of Ephesians. And so Paul is ending his letter, and he's drawing things to a close. Um, the other one is an almost identical prayer. I don't know if it was written at the same time, um, but it's an almost identical prayer to the church in Colossae. Um, and he, he is writing these and saying, hey, I'm coming to this end, the end of this letter, and I want, to, I want you to pray for me. Will you pray for me? And so we're going to look at these couple of passages um, of Scripture. If you would like to follow along, we do have, um, we're going put to the, put the words up on the screen um, of the prayers. But if you'd like to follow along, uh, the first one is from the Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. And it's on page 816 of your Bible. Um, and this one, I want you to know, it's right at the end. Of, there are only six chapters in the, in the book of Ephesians, and it's right at the end. And here is what Paul prays, or here's what he's asking people to pray for. He said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, the words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The second one, which we're going to go right to it as well, is also, it's on page 823 of your Bible. Um, and here's what it says. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I, may, that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Those prayers are, they're a lot alike. Um, and here's what I find as I look at those passages of Scripture, as I look at those prayers. I am stunned by three different things in those passages of Scripture. The first one is this, is that in both Paul acknowledges that I am in jail. I am in jail, and he is still asking for opportunities to share the gospel. He is still asking for opportunities to share 
the message of who Jesus is with people that are around him. I know for me in my case, if I were sitting in Paul's shoes and I'm in jail and I'm in shackles, the things that I would be concerned with were, would be, oh man, these shackles are so tight, they're, they're hurting my arms. If I were sitting there, I would be, oh my gosh, the food in here is awful. You can tell I like to eat. I would be concerned about the temperature. I'm hot. I'm cold. I would be concerned about things that were affecting me physically. And Paul is not concerned about those things. He is concerned about an opportunity to share the gospel more. I'm also struck by this. He says... um, fearlessly several times in those passages of Scripture. He says this, he's acknowledging that he is fearful. He's acknowledging that he's fearful and he's asking for courage. And for me, that's paramount to asking for directions while I'm on a trip. That's just something you don't do. (laughs) I am not about acknowledging that I'm fearful. And yet Paul is saying, I would like to proclaim the gospel fearlessly. Can you give me courage? And the third thing is this. I'm stunned by this. He says, this thing is a mystery. What God is is a mystery. And what God does is a mystery. He's admitting that he doesn't understand it all. He's admitting that I don't get it all. And you know what? In my family, I grew up with two older brothers and a dad. If you admitted that you didn't know what was going on, you were in trouble. That was like throwing out, throwing out fresh meat for a lion. You were in trouble. So there are three things that I'm really stunned by in this passage of Scripture, and we're going to look at those things. But before we do all that, I'm going to ask the question, why is this prayer important for us? Because I think it's something that we should be praying regularly, that we should be praying regularly. And I'd love to ask this question of you guys. When you think about sharing the gospel or talking about your faith with other folks, what causes anxiety? And that's not a rhetorical question. I would love some response from you guys. What causes anxiety when, we, when you think about talking about Jesus or sharing about your faith with other folks? What are some things? Right there. Fear that I don't know enough, that I don't have the information. That's good. What are other things that we're fearful of or cause anxiety? Say that again. We're fearful that those people will accept us and they'll, or they'll turn us away or push us away. That's good. Yeah. I'm concerned about their response and how that's going to affect my relationship with that person. That's good. Praying. That's good. What are, what are a few other things that cause us to be anxious or cause anxiety when we think about this? Oh, man. That we are fearful that people will see the inconsistency that's in my life and will think I'm a hypocrite and cause everybody, or cause them to think that all Christians are hypocrites. Yes, that's huge. You know what? You guys just did the sermon for me, so I'm done. I appreciate that. Um, 
those are great responses, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with all of those things. There is something inside of me that when, when, when I pray this or when I think about this prayer that causes anxiety inside of me, and I want to admit that, and I want to share that with you. Um, I'm going to share, I, we're going to watch a couple of video clips this morning from, uh, from a great cinematic film from the 1990s. It's called Rocky. Um, anybody seen it? It's great. Rocky IV, uh, where he fights the, the, the guy from the Soviet Union, Ivan Drago. Um, and so we're going to watch a couple of video clips. And the first one is, um, it, it, is it is a great um, picture. It's Rocky sitting with his son. They're in bed and they're having this conversation. But it's after the, 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 the Russian guy, the Soviet Union guy, has come in and, and he has killed Apollo Creed, Rocky's best friend. And so Rocky has decided that he is going to go to the Soviet Union and, and have a boxing match um, with, this, with this Russian. And this is the conversation that he has with his son before he leaves. So we're going to play this clip. You, can, you guys can stop that. That is a great picture, I think, a, a lot of times of how we, how we respond when God says, hey, I want you to fearfully, or I want you to fearlessly pro- proclaim the gospel. There's a part of us that's just like, man, we want to give in and let it go. And then there's another part, I think, my hope is that there's another part in us that wants to go a little bit farther, that wants to walk a little bit more in that adventure, that wants to keep going. And I'm going to ask you to tap into that side of what you're thinking about this morning, that side that says maybe we should go just a little bit more. You see, um, twice in those prayers, twice in those prayers that Paul put forth, he used that word fearlessly. He used the word fearlessly. And when I think about what causes fear for me in the middle of sharing the gospel is that somehow, exactly what Stacy said, 
that the person that I'm sharing the gospel with will look at me and go, you don't really do or don't really believe what you're telling me. My experience with this is a lot with dating. Um, When I was in high school, I didn't date a lot. I dated a few different girls. Um, But I very vividly remember the response uh, or the, the, what, what would go around that dating experience. I would spend a lot of time, I was a slow mover. I was not a fast talker. I was not a was mover and shaker. I was a slow mover. And so I spent a lot of time with a girl that I wanted to date, you know, trying to talk myself up a little bit, make myself look good. And, and you know, and, and then eventually I would get around to kind of going, hey, um, you kind of like me, I kind of like you. Maybe we should go out on a date, right? And there was some fear that would come along with even asking for the date. But the most fearful moment for me when it came to dating was when I would drive up to that girl's house and get out of the car, and that two seconds that would happen right before I rang the doorbell, realizing that I was about ready to throw myself into a place where that girl was going to be able to see who I really was as opposed to what I'd been talking about struck fear. And there were many times where I was like, "Mm, nope. Oh, all right, all right. Here we go. Ding dong. There is fear that happens inside of us when we put ourselves in a place where who we say we are and we get... There's fear that happens when we put ourselves in a place where who we say we are and who we really are meet. And that causes tension. That causes stressfulness. There's a great quote by Donald Miller in in his most recent book. It's called Scary Close. And here's what it says. The costs, it costs personal fear to be authentic, but the reward is integrity. And by that, I mean a soul fully integrated There is no difference between his act and his actual person. Having integrated, it is is about being the same person on the inside that we are on the outside. And if we don't like and if we don't have integrity, life becomes exhausting. You see what happens when we spend time and, and we're about ready to have those conversations and we're giving somebody an intimate look into us, into who we are, and and our outside life and our inside lives don't match, that is exhausting. It causes tension. And a lot of times we just go, hey, I'm, I, you know what? That exhaustion is too much. I already have too many things to do in life. I already am struggling. And so I'm going to push those opportunities away because that just causes more stress in my life. I'm not going to do that. But I want you to know that Paul is praying for something real specific here. He is praying that his inner life matches his words, his outer life. He's not praying for eloquent words. He is praying that what is going on inside of his heart is the same as what's coming out of his mouth. And Paul is quite aware that the only way to make your inner life the same as what's going on in your outer life is to sit with Jesus is to be in his presence. It's to sit with him enough and to listen to him enough that he says, I know who you are. I am telling you who you are. It's to sit with him and go, 
Oh my gosh, God, you are amazing. You are awesome. And to have him pour his love over us so that our inner life reflects the words that are coming out of our mouth. If we do not spend time with Jesus, if we do not sit with him, know him, learn about him, have him tell us who we are, then any time we get an opportunity to share about the gospel, it will create stress and cause us to be exhausted. And so the first thing I want to share is that if we want to proclaim the gospel fearlessly and boldly, our inner life must reflect our outer life. And to have our inner life reflect that means that we need to sit in front of Jesus. We've got to know who he is. I am guilty of not spending time with Jesus. I'm avoiding Jesus. And I don't want to do that. I want to be with him. And I want to know him. The second thing is, um, one of the things that I've noticed in this passage of Scripture that Paul uses this very phrase, if you could go back to the first one in Ephesians, he uses this phrase that I find very interesting. He said, pray also for me that Whenever I speak, it's not, he's not saying, Lord, give me words for a great sermon or a great message, but he's saying, whenever my mouth opens and words come out of my mouth, that is when I'm sharing. And it's, so it's not this moment that we're preparing for with, with people. It is every moment of every day that we should be pre- prepared to cl- proclaim the gospel and every word that comes out of our mouth. In fact, just, you may not know this, but in the passages before these, both of these prayers, Jesus has just spent a whole bunch of time teaching churches about how to be um, under authority of other folks, wives with husbands, parents with children, slaves with masters. He has spent a ton of time talking about what does it look like to live under the authority of someone else. And more importantly, Paul is saying, it's not about living under the authority of someone else. It's about living under the authority of Jesus Christ. It's about living under the authority of God. Being submissive. And you know what? I do not do submissive well. I struggle with being under the authority of anybody in fact, when I was little, um, my parents, um, I, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I absolutely loved her. And there were a couple of times where I very vividly remember, like, I'm just, I'm not okay with being under this authority. My mom would tell me what to do, and I would say, I'm not doing that. And my mom would say, you're going to get a spanking. And then I would ask, who's going to give me that spanking, you or dad? Because that was a big question. If it was mom, all right. <laughs> if it was dad, I'm going somewhere else. And I very vividly remember at one particular time, my mom asked me to do something. I was down on the middle floor in my house. She said, hey, we're, this is what we're going to do. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he said, she said, when your dad comes home, we're going to take care of this. And so I locked myself in the bathroom in my house. Well, in my bathroom, there is a laundry chute that goes from the first floor down to the basement. And I knew that I was trapped in that bathroom and that as soon as my dad got home, I would be in trouble. Well, my solution was to ride the laundry chute. 
I was so unwilling to submit to authority at that point. I got myself in that laundry chute. It did this S-curve, which was a bad idea because I went down face first, right into the laundry chute. But I got away out the basement. I struggle with authority. My wife will tell you that every boss that I've ever had, I complain about. I struggle with authority. And you know what? My bet is that Paul may have struggled too. And the reason why he's asking that whenever words come out of my mouth is because he is quite aware that for me to proclaim the gospel fearlessly and clearly, I have to be submissive to Jesus. I have to be submissive to God. I have to say, it's not just about the few moments. It's about every moment I am yours, God. Every moment I am under your authority. Every moment I will be prepared to share your message. Every moment I will give myself to you. I think that's a big deal. It's a big deal for us in our culture. We do not do well being under the authority of someone else. And I want to ask myself and you this question, are you willing to be under the authority of Christ? Are you prepared that whenever you open your mouth, it will bring glory to him? The last thing I I really want to point out is is this. Um, uh, Twice in those passages of Scripture, Paul used the word mystery. And he used it about how he feels about God. It is a mystery of what, what God is doing. I, you know what? I do not do well. I'm a closet control freak, by the way. Um, you know, my wife is an outright control freak. She's out there. I'm, I'm, I promised my wife I would never throw her under the bus, but she, she would be selfishly minute. She's out there, control freak. I'm a closet control freak. I like to do things that I know the outcome of, that I know where it's going, that I know where it's going to end. And when things don't, and well, I typically go, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a meeting with some of my high school guys, some, some of our campaigner guys, and we were sitting there and we were talking about going on adventure and, and we were asking, who would you go on an adventure with? And, and I was like, you know, I'd love to, you know, wouldn't it be great if we went on a great adventure? And they, they kind of pinned me back and asked me the question, hey, would you go on an adventure with me? Um, and there were a couple guys in the room and they were like, hey, would you go on an adventure with me? And I said, Absolutely. And then there were a couple guys in the room that I was like, oh, hey, will you go on an adventure? No, I would not go on an adventure with you. (laughs) How come? Because I don't know what I would end up doing. I do not like being put in places where I do not know what the end looks like. I am a closet control freak. And you know what? I think we all struggle with this. There is a grand adventure to be had, just like what Matt talked about when he said, I don't know how people are going to respond when I talk about these things. I don't know how they're going to respond. So it is a mystery. I don't know what God is going to do in their life. It's a mystery to me. And when it's a mystery, I struggle 
because I don't know what the end looks like. And God says, hey, it doesn't matter what the end looks like. Let's go on the adventure together. Let's be in this together. Let's walk forward. Let's move forward. It's a mystery. I think it's a big, big deal that, that Paul prayed those things. Because I, Paul was all about, he, he was all about going on the adventure, but I think he knew, I need courage when it comes to going and sharing and not knowing what the end looks like, the mystery of the gospel. You know, I want to end with another video clip from Rocky. I watched Rocky IV this week, so it was fabulous. It worked out really well. Um, and I want, to, I, want, I want to share with you before we watch this clip that this is at the end of the movie. And Rocky has just fought and defeated the, the Russian, who in the end is a total self-absorbed, not for anything other than himself guy. And it ends up that Rocky has given himself for the honor of Apollo Creed and the entire United States. And he says something here at the very end that I find very powerful. I find really powerful. And it's about change. So we're going to watch this video clip. Here is the reality about what Paul is praying for, is that when we boldly and fearlessly and clearly proclaim the gospel and do everything that's necessary to do that, God will begin to do three things. He will change you. And if you are about being transformed by God, then you will pray this prayer. And that you will do the things that are necessary in here to boldly proclaim and share the gospel with others. He will also 
change others. He will change all of those folks that are around you, that you see, because he is at work in their life. And then he will begin to transform and change everyone. That God has the power and the ability to transform and change lives, not because of our great words that we bring to the table, but because God is God. And he has the ability to transform lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you desire to grow, if you desire to change, if you desire to be who God really intended you to be, then I would ask that you would join me in this prayer for ourselves. Because it will cause us to spend time with Jesus. It will cause us to sit at his feet and to know him. It will cause us to be under his authority and under his submission and to give our whole self to who he is. And it will allow ourselves to be changed and transformed in the way that God intends us. So I would encourage you, we're going to read that one verse one more time, Ephesians Chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Would you join me in that prayer so that we can genuinely sit the feet of Jesus, and watch him work. It will be amazing. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I am so glad that you are not dependent upon my words, my eloquence, my who I am to share the gospel. That you are doing it in ways that I cannot even understand. So Lord, I pray that we in this room would all find time to sit at your feet and to know you and that we would, uh, that we would be submissive to your every request, that we would know and take every opportunity to share the gospel with folks that are around us. And Lord, that we would be privileged to see the changes that you do in our lives and the folks around us. Help us to fearlessly and clearly proclaim the gospel, share our faith, share relationships with one another as we should. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, we are going to... uh,